um, this is Dr. Chetna Kripalu, and um, we're trying to um, talk about the subject of brain and mind and, um, you know, what's going on in there and, you know, uh, cleansing. What does it mean by, what do you mean by that? Um, or taking away things in your mind. So I think we can start with the fact that everybody in their minds or brain interchangeably is conditioned to a point depending on, you know, all the way from in utero, what they've been exposed to, what they have perceived through their senses, what their circumstances have been, what have they been told, what uh, belief systems have they acquired. All of this is stored in their minds and makes them behave certain way and produce certain thoughts in your brain and and makes most human beings, a lot of human beings, build your identity based on that. So the ex- let's try and see if we can invite, you know, people or, you know, uh, in, in, you know, kind of bring an invitation to ourselves to uh, experiment on, um, um, on a new concept or a new idea. And what does that mean? To say that, are we able to disidentify with all the thoughts which crop up in our mind and give space or create space for something new? We don't know what the new is, but it definitely is something, you know, everything is changing. So why not create that space to see what can come up there? And once you're cleansed of all these old thoughts and ideas and everything, let's see what is left there. What, what is it there? And it do, and we don't have to put words in it. It's more of an experience that one can um, come up, uh, you know, come up with. So there's a question here. You used the word cleansing, and we've been talking about that. What is the meaning of this word to you? And how does that relate to self-mastery and meditation and self-development? So cleansing means for me is literally, you know, observing and watching how your conditioning is, uh, what is the structure of your mind, what is the function, the flow of thoughts. Um, and that way what happens is you just don't get identified uh, with the thoughts, any of the thoughts. It could be the most important thought or anything like that, but allow it to just pass by and let go. And when you let go of enough of these thoughts, the brain actually doesn't know what to do. And it has to stop at some point and become, come into this no mind or uh, a silence, uh, which is very different from suppressing all the thoughts and coming to silence by focusing on something or anything like that. That cleansing is, um, it's very, it's fascinating, um, how you can come upon. And it only comes by, you know, experimentation of observation more and more and more as we go along. It's it's a habit because people don't know what that means. They don't even know they can observe their thoughts. They can observe their conditioning. They can observe the movement of thought. So that's what cleansing to me means. So if I'm observing my thoughts, I am looking at my thoughts, my feelings, my memories. There is definitely all kinds of memories, all kinds of 
experience, personal experience. Each person has their own. So I have that experience, but it seems to me that what you're trying to present is that we can live in a way, or we can live a life where we are not caught inside the personal experience or the personal um, storehouse of experiences, which is our memory structure. There's so much there. And then from there arises all different kinds of negative and positive emotions, thoughts, and feelings. Envy, greed, jealousy, dislike, the conflicts that we have, all of that is generated from the memory structure or, is, or responses through the memory structure, interaction with the outside. We see that that is going on, but we use the expression that we're caught in that. As I was asking you before, what if someone says that, you know, that's just natural. That's just the way things are. People are not going to get along. There are differences in life. There are social hierarchies and, and economic hierarchies, and that's just the way it is. And, and one should try to overcome others, and there's competition and, and all this kind of stuff, and the ego has a place in life. Um, let's say someone makes that kind of a statement or believes that, right, uh, and comes to Angel and comes to you. Um, what is, first of all, what is your take on such a statement? This is question number one. And I have some other questions on this, but before we get to your answer, I have another reflection on this, that if someone says that they want, they accept their anger, their envy, the negative stuff, they accept the negative and the positive, does that mean, I would, I would ask that person, does that mean that the person is expanding those states? If someone says, i Anger is natural. My response would be, okay, if anger is natural, are you, is, the, is the individual saying that we can keep expanding that? Like ego is there, but there are so many dictators and so many people who expand their ego. So the expansion of these uh, so-called negative qualities would be there. And then there is also expansion of positive qualities. Right? So there's expansion on both sides. But So what if someone says that both the negative and the positive can be expanded, but obviously we have um, boundaries around that. You know, we have laws uh, that protect human beings from each other that are on the books, that come from ethics, morality, etc. So just because someone wants to hurt others doesn't mean they can just go around doing, doing so. So there's a boundary around that, but like Freud would call that the superego. So in reflecting upon this, how far does that expansion go, even if someone believes in it? And is it, is it possible to like radically transform out of that, which is what you're talking about, is that, is that deeper awareness, that deeper transformation, observation, awareness, all those things that can, that can cleanse the mind. So the word cleansing, again, it's a word that usually is understood in terms of like bodily cleansing or even like mental cleansing, or sometimes it's used negatively, like ethnic cleansing, things like that. Because the word is used in many different ways. But the mental cleansing would mean that there is pollution within the mind. And things like greed, envy, ego, harm, harming others, conflicts, these are polluted states of the mind, polluted, distorted states of the mind. Now, it seems to me that people would need to accept the fact 
that this is a distortion and there's a possibility of something different. So if you can elaborate on what do you think that is as far as self-mastery goes? You know, because but, but even if people, those who are even trying to come out of this, they keep going back and forth. They can't, they don't really come out of it. They just swing kind of back and forth. So what are your thoughts? So in my mind, um, cleansing doesn't only mean just bad thoughts or good thoughts. It's a combination because, again, if we look at the structure and the function of our mind, whatever conditioning is causing certain thoughts, you know, whether positive, negative, it depends on that, you know, and they're all equal. They're all the same. So when you're talking about cleansing, we're talking about all the thoughts going away, coming to a point where that's the new new phase which we're talking about, a new experience where there is no thought. How does it feel like to have no thought? Can something else be accessed when you have no thought? Can Is there a different or a new state you can get to which is more constant unlike the mind bringing up thoughts which is, you know, up and down. So to the question about saying that it's natural, yes, it's natural because, again, the natural is different from different for different people. What some people can get angry about is very different from somebody else getting angry about something else. That depends on the conditioning. But, yes, these feelings of envy, jealousy, anger, frustration, irritability, and at the same time, joy, you know, uh, being happy, pleasure, you know, all that stuff. So it's a mixed uh, emotions um, you can have. But the more we watch and observe how this flow occurs and where it's coming from, what what kind of conditioning has made it that way, allows us to look at ourselves in a whole new way. And that can even give us an idea about, at that point, to learn the futility of both of these thoughts, both kinds of thoughts, whether it's positive, negative, or anything like that. And that is self you know, discovery for me and self-mastery, the more and more we can do it, we can stay in a state, I would say, call it a neutral state, where you're not um, yielding to these these uh, thoughts or this, you know, which are arising from a specific kind of conditioning, which can give us a whole new perspective about how the, how we, we as human beings could be much more than just human if we call it Uh, and if each of us do that then we would have a whole new world where we we are not competing or um, fighting with each other you can yes you cannot help other people when they're misbehaving or doing things and everything and I don't think anybody can but we are talking about only ourselves looking at ourselves looking at our mind and everything which goes on in our mind and what can we do about it being more and more as as we study about anything and if you think about knowledge don't we focus and lead hours and hours and hours of you know learning about things as far as knowledge but what were we doing here is we're talking about the psychological aspect of the mind we're not talking about i mean focusing concentration learning knowledge and things like that we are talking about more in terms of how we live never in the present moment and the reason is because we are dwelling um, on these you know the conditioning which is causing these thoughts and memories from the past uh, we're projecting which is projected into the future so there is this psychological war going on inside the mind 
which is what we are troubled with. There is no human being that I have seen, unless they are in a different state, who is always not, you know, fighting, um, you know, one part of the mind not fighting with the other. Because that's the fragmentation created in the mind. And so... Nobody wants to live like that. If you really look at majority of people, what is stress? They're saying, oh, I'm always stressed. I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. I have ADHD. I have, you know, all this kind of stuff. These are all different fragments of the mind, which is completely broken. It's just a, just a quick question on what you just said. Nobody wants to fight in the fragmented mind internally. I want to state like that. Yes, because there's pain there. There's And there's also drainage of energy there is also this sense of energy being stuck or stagnated so essentially what you're saying is that there is a different type of energy that is released when this internal dynamic of that is conflict related conflict related that is um the, what we call these negative emotions, envy, greed, mm-hmm. lust, hate, whatever, you know, hyper-focused emotion that doesn't really make us feel good. It doesn't, it's not happiness. It's, it's like an ego state twisted. And not wanting that is a big thing. But I think people give lip service to say we don't want that. But do they, but I think it's much deeper than that. So if you can elaborate, if you can talk about what do people need to do to not want that? I mean, they say they don't want that. But then that's just another thought that just comes and goes. Yeah, most people don't want that because there is an unrest, there's resistance, there is um, a feeling like heaviness, there is um, a strain on you, um, which you know that it's like the best way to describe is the heaviness which you feel um, and everybody can agree to that that nobody wants to feel like that which is which can be labeled as deep depression mild depression anxiety um, bipolar all the psychiatric illnesses which have come about is all in how the mind construct is or how its conditioning has become and people are not able to get out of that so most people want to do that but they don't know it's possible and how it can be done or even to acknowledge that it is possible yes exactly and no, most people think it's possible, but they have to go to the medic- doctor and then they get medications and it's all about neurotransmitters and balancing them and everything. While that is true, yes, that is to some point, but it could be done in other ways of, you know, deliberately taking time to literally watch because that gives them a perspective that you this, there is something some other state which is observing your thoughts in the, in in the first place and what does that mean that means you don't have to identify with these things which has given you this personality so and yes it's 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 a big big thing because it's a revelation and uh, then it's almost the next question is who am i that means i'm nothing that means i am nobody um but while that is um, difficult for some people, for it's, it's difficult, I guess, for some people who are riding on their egos. For example, like a politician or a celebrity or, um, you know, whoever it is, a football star or basketball star or whoever. If their whole identity is based on power and fame and um, all of that, if we tell somebody like that and they would be like, then I am nobody, I am, you know, because... Again, yes, in in a way it is nobody because you're all the same when we get to that state um, of 
same thing it works same for them to observe their mind what are they identifying with what makes this ego grow, grow uh, bigger which is the false self which is a reflection um of our you know real self so i think that has to be done to really you know um transcend uh, many of these emotional upheavals we have um i think most of the time when people say this is life this is all there is it's almost like um their false sense comes in to protect them from some inevitable um you know danger in the future uh but that is that is not the re- the truth i wouldn't say reality i would say that is not the truth so one has to be open enough and expansive enough to um open their minds open their hearts to um the new whatever is going to come new and to really discover you know so there has to be created that attitude they say there is something first of all and if there is something how do i do it you know so so just that attitude that that desire to do this itself begins the cleansing process yes exactly and it which is a process mm-hmm. um again the words are not perfect because you know we can see if there's dirt on the body or mud in the on the body we can take a shower and get rid of it but the quote pollution in the mind a polluted mind a sick mind a damaged mind mm-hmm. a hurt mind yes uh all of that needs to be changed into a state of a healthy mind so the cleansing process is it seems to me that it is a state it is a way of reestablishing the health of the mind and if the mind is healthy then it can be in a position eventually to see the totality of its conditioning it's not a broken torn apart mind that can even possibly see any of that but do you say something about it yeah absolutely so if if we look at ourselves you know like for example i know which we've talked about before if you look that we know all of us know we have different parts of the body even when you cannot see it like let's see if i close my eyes i know i have a face i know i have a head i know i have arms i have neck i mean different parts of the body um even a blind person knows these are all the organs they have and everything but when you stand in front of the mirror you have you see a reflection there yes. and that is what you are identifying with yes it's a reflection and imagine that as you age as his body ages your reflection in the mirror is going to keep changing so if you go with that that is why your mind if it identifies with that face if that reflection it's going to keep changing so the mind itself could be a reflection exactly so that that's the point so if you're looking if you're thinking of mind as a mirror then the the face you're going to see or whatever you're going to see in it is going to change yeah. so that is what is going on here and the moment you realize that then you know that that is not constant so you don't want to give too much value to that or too much or identify with it well that's the problem that's what we do we give so much importance to certain strong emotions thoughts it's, it almost seems to me that if these things come about to recognize the strength within them and if it, and if we recognize the strength within them then there is a retraction 
fr- out of that emotion and the same energy becomes available in a different way. There's like a release of energy. Is that what do you say? No, so maybe you can explain that even in terms of brain function also a little bit. No, absolutely. So every time we have a thought which is not pleasurable or, you know, which for you is draining, yes. you, you, the energy, it takes away a lot of energy. But, and this is why we come to the point, at least from my perspective, is that each of us are connected to the rest of the world here. We are a part of this universe. We are a part of this world. So when we are not thinking or our mind doesn't think towards a collective thing, which is for the betterment of somebody else or, you know, for example, if I'm loving towards someone, it's not just me. It's my love is being transmitted to five other people. So it enhances. And so that energy, which is, is being more constructive while if it's an envy that is no good to anybody else so it's draining so you're giving that energy to that person or angry with that person so it's depleted because we only have finite amount of energy in our being so imagine if you have 60,000 thoughts a day like that which I mean no, nobody has that negative thoughts but they do some people so that is when you're completely drained I have seen patients in fact I can think of somebody who who gets when gets into this um, funk, as I can call it, or a state where she's in bed for two to three months at a time. She needs age to get up from the bed. So I think this is a massive amount of energy drain, or uh, which is caused over obviously years because the body tries to cope so hard with the mind, and when it it has to give up, when you know all the energy is drained out of the body. And it is, you know, not conserved at all. There's a leakage. There's a massive amount of leakage. And so that's what happens. So I think most people will agree. And this, I think, universally human beings know that you don't feel good when you've had bad thoughts in a day and it's draining. The fatigue and the stress at the end of the day from mental energy being drained is very different from physical. If somebody is working hard all day physically or doing exercise for that matter, like massive amounts of running and all, you, you let go, you can easily recover by sleeping and you can do that. But it, with, on the con- contrary, when somebody is um, drained energetically, yeah. they can't even sleep. Right. So, okay, so, so that's a very interesting difference there. There is a difference between a healthy use of energy by exercise or walking or running or you know weights or whatever it might be, yoga, um, Zumba. There's a, a healthy use of energy. Healthy. Uh, again, we don't want to use the word drain, but it's it's definitely a healthy use. But then the emotionally, because of tension, stress, worry. The, the damage done psychologically, mentally, the energy keeps getting drained into those psychological funnels. It's just drained inside there, which then, of course, impacts the body very severely. Right, exactly, because with exercise and physical, you're actually energizing the whole body. Yeah. You're g- gaining more energy. <laughs> with this, you're losing everything. Yeah. We have, like, so many meridians as per Chinese medicine. We have all these nadis, 75,000 in uh, ancient Ayurveda. Then we have radiant circuits. Our whole body, essentially, we are energy beings. In, in, in we know, energy, you know, like the vortex uh, of energy or a whole, um, com- you know, um, I don't know. It's a whole energy 
uh, construct yeah. system yeah. which is covered by this flesh and you know yeah. uh, organs. So which is also ex- exactly, but I'm just saying, even if you want to think about it like that, as um, an energy, you know, like a voltage of electricity um, covered by you know um, your flesh and bones. So this is, and it, it depends on your mind. So that's how important mind is. So we want to make sure that we are recognizing that, first of all. Once you recognize it, there is lots of ways to move around it and everything. And again, it's a constant, um, it's a um, deliberate um, work which we have to do, just like we do anything else. We know we go to work in the morning, we work hard during the day, we spend so much time on it. But we need to do it inward so you can actually function better on the outwards. You can take what comes your way. You can do more, use more constructively. You're not getting into those emotional, uh, drain, uh, draining states of these, all these other negative emotions like, you know, envy, jealousy and all of that. Because I think those come because again, it's conditioning from society. It's conditioning from your belief systems, which tells you that, oh, you cannot live together. You have to be competitive because nobody's going to take care of you and except you yourself. You have to be, you are responsible for only you and your family. Um, so all these becomes more contracted. It is not expensive. So it obviously gives you more stress. You know, how am I, how can you do that? How can you be responsible only for your own family? How much can you save? How much can you uh, do for them? It's impossible. There is no limit to that. So that is draining, obviously. And that's a bad, you know, cycle to be in. And unfortunately, it's become like that. Yeah. So in the, in the cleansing process, uh, as you're describing all of this, there is a purification. Again, we're using the language, but that's not adequate, obviously. But we do the best we can. There would be a qualitative direct experience of a steady mind, a clear mind, and a purified mind. In, you know, so in, in my perception, these three are together. Steady mind, clear mind, purified mind. And in doing so, the energy that is flowing it begins to flow in a much more pristine manner. Would you say something about that? I think, they, to me, they mean like it's stages. You know, first is to steady mind, which happens like in glimpses, like, you know, short periods of time during meditation when the mental chatter is not there. But, you know, really the best what I have seen, even more than meditation, different techniques where you follow the breath and all of that. It is really it's hard, though. It's a it's some it's a thought habit to be built where you're watching and being aware of where your mind is going. The more you do it, the more steady you can be and more clear you can be because you learn to let go of more of these thoughts, you know, which are not uh, constructive. For example, yes, you want to use your mind for the for the benefit of, you know, if you have a problem to solve it or um, to do things and plan and, you know, all those all those things. But we are not always doing that. So most of the time your the brain is thinking of so many different things, which, you know, not necessarily needs to be the case. So in that way, if you constantly get into the habit of noticing where your mind is, then it will help you get to the stage of clear mind also. So, and again, the next stage is more and more and more clarity comes in. You learn that all these emotions have no meaning in your life, meaning uh, to dwell on it, essentially. So uh, they're there for a reason. So we have to feel them because that's what human beings are. We need experiences in our life. We, the 
the emotion uh, is uh, is given for you for you know a reason to be human you know those are all the experiences of human beings too feeling that's why they call it feeling because you have to feel them but um but after a while we don't have to dwell in it and keep a memory of it keep the baggage in our system somewhere you know whether it's subconscious and conscious that's what becomes heavy so we learn to let go of them as and when we feel it as an experience and come to the state of purification uh, and of course you know the best way to live is a purified mind when you are completely kind of shielded in in your inner state which is you know can be touched by any circumstance outside or anybody um anyone for that matter or anything so when energy comes together because energy then is going to coalesce is going to harness as we have been saying that is where the leap could happen into that whole state the divine the transcendental the unknown god whatever it is the atma something beyond the limited mind however one may go about it maybe it's done in a religious way through one of the great spiritual teachers or the bible or the gita or the dhampada or the whatever whichever scripture it it might be uh, or whichever approach somebody might take um a pristine mind you know this word was popping into my mind the whole into my mind uh, the whole time we were talking about cleansing um then images popped up of you know of churches and temples and the whole purification idea is a very religious idea in in many ways um so many religions talk about purification um it's it's interesting because it really implies that there is a contaminant or that there's contamination within the mind like almost like a contaminant in water if you have beautiful distilled water or spring water and you put some dirt and mud and other things inside there it's it's contaminated or there's a lot of bacteria in there it gets contaminated so mental contamination needs to be detected just as physical contamination does i think we are probably better at detecting physical contamination than mental contamination that we brush our teeth every day in the morning as a simple example why we want to get rid of all the bacteria and the bad breath and destroy all the germs and have mouthwash and so many things we do on a day-to-day basis to keep the body away f- or to keep it clean isn't it so mm-hmm. right so similarly if that much attention is placed on purification and cleansing of the mind then that would eventually lead to self mastery personal transformation human upliftment this is my understanding what do you say about this no absolutely so another way of looking at it is you know when we people don't like the word purification a lot of times because that means we're not perfect we're not the way you know like all of that so i would rather look at it this way like if you have some kind of antique buried in you know like you know archaeologically like way way down and if it's even a jewel or like a old old painting which is full of grime and you know layers of dirt on them and you are using all the techniques to get rid of this grime or this 
you know, coating or uh, by different processes. Sometimes you have to use different chemicals or, you know, those, all these things which help you, you know, um, clean out the stuff on top uh, without damaging the uh, painting or the jewel or whatever your, you know, the um, precious, you know, thing it, it is. Um, and then... And then you unveil it as, my goodness, I didn't know this was the original piece. And it had all these coverings. So while we come perfect and self-actualized into the world, we don't know that. We have not given the tools at that point, the memory or anything. So you have, and the whole, the premise could be your whole evolution or your whole idea of being in this earth could be to discover that. And nothing else. So people get lost in the f- fact that why am I here? What What is the purpose of life and everything? So I think sometimes it just leads to self-discovery and figuring out all this thing, whoever your you know, uh, pure soul uh, you are, and to discover that the purity in you and the perfection in you. Uh, but the problem is when you're born, even from before, your whole environment matters so much that everybody tells you different things, who you are and your circumstances. So you don't know that you're this perfect being. So you build on this artificial, um, you know, construct um, and this layering, which we talk about. So you bury yourself, the deep soul or the deep pure soul is completely buried. And all these, you know, layers and layers and layers of false layers are created. And sometimes you never learn that there is a pure soul in it and how perfect you are. And that's why people commit suicides and people, you know, take their lives out because they don't know. They they live in those layers and that layer is changing every day and telling you new, new things and old things are already there. So it's very difficult for people to live like that when you identify with that. So I think um, more I would call it unveiling than purification, if that makes sense. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. And there's also the word identification, you know, to identify with something, to identify with a particular strong thought. When there's a strong thinking or strong emotion, certain memory comes up, there's really a sense of just being overrun by that or just being in that. I think that's what is meant by identification, that you're just, you feel you're one with that. That's you, that's me. Um, when, when a person starts feeling that way or identifying with it, do you feel that when that happens, at the time that that happens, they can actually start the de-identification process while they're in the wake of that? And not just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but wait until all the damage is done and then... So what do you say about about that point? You can, but again, you know, you have to be practicing that before. So because at the stressful time, nobody has, you cannot do it. So this is why these practices are important when you are, um, you know, when you, uh, when you, you are not in that situation, when you identify with that, you know, drastic situation, whatever you're in. So idea is to do it before so that when that thing, when that situation comes or when the, when the mind goes into the identification part of, um, you know, the state where it identifies with whatever is going on, you can release yourself from the clutch, unclutch yourself and then 
you know, not let it affect you. And, and that happens in the moment. So really, so all the meditation and even prayers or other things, any psycho-spiritual practice of any kind, meditative yoga, etc., that we're all doing now, even in angel wing, all of that is in many ways, uh, not completely, because it helps the person along the path also, but it's in many ways it's a preparation to be very aware when the identification process begins. Mm-hmm. Is that exactly. correct? Exactly. Yes. So one has to do the right kind of approach. You know, general prayers and general thing is okay. But you got to do this, uh, being aware of your structure and function of your thought and everything um, on a daily and a moment, like almost like uh, if not 24 hours, you know, you're sleeping, of course, a few hours, eight hours. But the rest of the day, even if we can start doing it more often than before and get better and better and better at it, then it will be like, um, you know, like a subconscious reflex of doing this when the actual need comes and when as and when it comes because remember everything like how do we brush our teeth we know we're not reminded of it and how do you drive from home to work without thinking about it you want something like this to become your reconditioning or a new conditioning where you're automatically aware of everything going on and especially when a stressful event comes when you have the force of habit to identify with that emotion or that feeling or whatever comes, you learn to withdraw yourself and detach yourself from it. And then there's also a greater vision of that particular situation in the moment itself, because this is really where rubber hits the road. I mean, you know, that's, yes. that's the practical aspect of it. That's the only real thing that matters anyway. That, that if you want to say, I want to be in a state of compassion and go beyond getting angry all the time with different people, just a simple example like that. Well, all right, I may want that, but I have to, I have to do the preparation work. And then when the situation comes about, which it, which it will, that's the time for intelligence to break out and say, what's the best way to deal with this? So it almost seems like, that intelligence has more energy to look at the situation in a new light. Do you want to say something? Yeah, because even um, physiologically, you know, when you're stressed out, you know, there's different things happen. When you're stressed out and identify with the stress, your hormones take over and the brain shuts down. So then you are not able to think about it. So when you prepare yourself before, you have this ability when the brain doesn't shut down and allows you to think a little differently and look at the picture from a different angle or as a whole and say, wait a minute, I don't think it makes any sense uh, for me to get angry at this situation because I can deal with it a a little differently and have a different approach. uh, And one can also think of it in terms terms of energy, that I just don't want to waste my energy in this. Yeah, but unfortunately not everybody thinks about energy at that time. (laughs) I think it's more about saying that how do you solve that situation or how to get out of the situation. So that's more saying that I I have a different approach. All I'm going to do is take a few breaths and detach myself and see how I can respond to it. So in in terms of the cleansing and the the transformation of the mind, there is definitely energetic transformation. What do you you say about keeping attention on the energy itself? It's a very difficult thing to do, I think, in the beginning. It is. I mean, again, different approaches for different people. So if somebody is very, um, you know, identified with... Um, energy draining and energy conservation and can, and can recognize it absolutely that is, that's the best way to work yeah. but some people don't they're in the mind level and then so you have to deal with it then uh, in a different way um, so then, that's why and then eventually get to recognizing yeah, the way energy flows exactly so what I have seen in my again my experience is most people benefit from just deep breaths 
because breath is amazing how it can lower every response in your body bring your heart rate slower um, not allow you to become sweaty uh, and get you in that field of parasympathetic phase where your brain is open uh, and you can actually think um, more um, logically or you know uh, in a quiet um, phase where you can make better decisions and that is more helpful um, immediately because everybody knows they can take deep breaths. Well, you know, the, the, your, your use of a decision, and that's a very important thing. There's something called decisional balance in, in psychology. There's two concepts. One is self-efficacy. The other is temptation. We're tempted to do so many things that we know are harmful. Maybe it's with food. Maybe it's with certain things that we want to say to someone or whatever, right? There's, te- there's temptation. The word temptation implies that if you take that path, there's harm or some problem could occur. That's why the word temptation is even there. As opposed to self-efficacy is that I can actually not succumb to the temptation, but take a very nice, beautiful, different path away from that, you know, without getting into that battle, as you were talking about before. Um, to, be, to, to develop self-efficacy, and the, where the decisions are taken the right decision that really energizes the body, mind, that really, um, you know, keeps one's progression towards self-mastery intact. If the, if the progression has begun, which it hasn't, some people in our group at, at this point, if it has begun, then it needs to be protected and kept intact towards self-mastery. You want to say something about this? The energy, yes. Well, about, about the path towards self. Yeah, absolutely. The path, you need to be protected by it. Yeah, definitely. But um, again, that comes with practice, right? Yeah. Every moment, if you keep practicing more and more, again, we don't want to be identified with saying that, oh, I'm not good at it, and leave it, because yeah. this is a lifetime, prog- you know, um, journey. So we're not talking about self mastery in a day or two, and even for years, it may be till the end of life. But you have to understand that everything you do towards it is going to make you, um, you know, feel that uh, it, you are on a you're on a path for progress. So I think internal progress, and it will automatically help you deal with things much better bef- than before. You may not be at, you know, again, there is no expectation, there is no end game, there is no end point. Right. We, are not, we are not looking at all of that. All we are saying is we are going to keep doing this better and better. Essentially, basically, today was this day, but tomorrow is going to be better. Then the next day will be better, and the next day will be better. And that's all we want to aim at. And that is really what self-mastery is about. Self-mastery is not a finite goal that I've taken all these steps and I've got there. Because if somebody gets caught in that, then they will stop progressing anyway. So to really believe that I can keep moving ahead from wherever I am, that belief itself will keep the progression further and eventually self-mastery becomes a dynamic progression rather than a fixed point. Would you say something more? Absolutely. So there is no fixed point. So the best way to do it is don't make it measurable. And don't make it that it has, it's quantitative, you know, and saying it needs to be, again, this is mind coming in between, yeah. telling you because you're so used to goals, you're so used to quantified things, yeah. you're so, always uh, having expectations out of something. No, we are not. We're not doing that. That The whole idea is to get away this construct from the mind, which is trying to tell you things. So the more we get away from that as a practice, you're going to see it even 
um you know kind of um help you every in every aspect of your life how you deal with different things different people what expectations do you, do you have i'm sorry what expectations do you have from people and from life and from you know tomorrow so you learn to live in the present more and more all you have to do is separate yourself from the mind you know detach from your mind because when you detach from the mind you live in the present and that's the most beautiful state to live in and the more and more you do it you you'll see amazing things come in your life new insights will come new inspirational stuff will come you never knew you had because you're always what happened till now is you were so intensely um again covered by all these thought processes you had no time to know that you had all these insights and all these creativity inside so everything falls in place so it all comes through yes okay that is really quite an exposition quite a, quite a, quite quite a dialogue so that was dr chetan kripalu with the angeling program she's the founder ceo please visit us on the web at www.angelwing.com please do stay in touch with us through dialogues and meditations and any other means you would like thank you very much for your time thank you